Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of the Smashing Skull Sessions and before we start, a big shout out to Rising Suns Brewery, our main sponsor, who are based right here in Cork City. Fantastic beer it has if you're ever in the city, check it out. Right, this week I'm absolutely buzzing at the thought of chatting to these guys. I've been a fan of A Swarm of the Sun for maybe seven or eight years since I heard an album called The Rifts and I'm delighted to have Jacob and... Eric here on the show to chat about everything that has happened since the recording of Zenith way back in the day, and we might catch up on where they're at at the moment. So guys, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks. Thanks. Great to be great. here. It's great to have you on. As I said, I'm a big fan of your music, Like, and I, I'd want to fanboy this too much, you know, because I, I probably do it to too many bands, really. But this album that got me into your music back in 2015, I think it was 15, yeah. The Rifts, man, what an album, like, you know, it. It was pretty bleak and dark. And I suppose if anyone is that into that style of music, they'll never understand that feeling you get when you hear this album. But trust me, guys, if, if you haven't heard it yet, get onto it. Right. Before we even go on to those albums, lads, I want to chat very briefly. I'm a vinyl fan, as you probably know, because I've been on 90. Why did you go about repressing? You repressed the Rifts and the Woods with Pelagic and you repressed Zenith with Dunk Records. Yeah, yeah. What was the reasons? We've been we've been in touch with Pelagic before, okay. uh, so and being discussion with collaborate with them in general. Uh, so it was actually in this case, I recall uh, Robin and Opelagic that reached out to us and asked if we were interested in doing these represses right. nice. because uh, in other dialogues with them, we were talking about how much albums we've sold, etc. And mm-hmm. for a couple of years now, we've been saying it's sold out. And we run our own label. I mean, everything is it's in my closet over there. Exactly. <laughs> That's the warehouse. So we haven't really had any intention to repress. And Pelagic, being good at what they do, said, mm-hmm. I mean, why not repress if there's people okay. wanting the album? So, uh, yeah, fantastic opportunity and too good to see. Unbelievable. And again, like for people who haven't seen this, I mean, the represses are absolutely stunning. Like, you know, I mean, Pelagic do an incredible job in it. And I suppose Donk again then as well, lads. Um, did the Zenith yeah, repress sort of coincide with the festival when you played back in 2019? Uh, we hadn't talked about it then, but okay. we kind of kept in touch afterwards and we never released Zenith on, on no. the night before. So mm-hmm. this was an opportunity to... We, we had like the 10-year anniversary of, of the record. Yeah. And we wanted to do something... Okay. In regards to that, and talked about releasing a vinyl version, and mm-hmm. while we were at it, we also wanted to, which is this one, by the way, yeah, again, mix it and remaster it. Beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. And they, uh, they actually do it at their own pressing. They have the dunk pressing also. So the dunk can... pressing plant is, is impressive. Yeah, it is very impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, you already had impressed, you know, the rifts and the woods by yourselves, all DIY. Did they yeah. all sell out before you actually went about repressing? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. We started off from, I mean, we started as officially as a band around 2006. We have been, I mean, me and Jacob have been doing mm-hmm. music since forever. Um, and of course, as any other band, we went out to starting searching for labels. That's the first thing you do, but we landed pretty quickly in like, it's a new age. Let's, let's just release an album ourselves because okay. we want to make it 
uh, we don't want to get stuck searching for that music dream and being under a label. For us, I it was you. important to be able to reach people with the music. And mm-hmm. this was like the MySpace age of doing that. <laughs> yeah, I remember it well. That. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we so we went down that path, and then when it was time for Zenit, we just continued. Okay. I mean, let's do it again, but let's do it better. We learned that you should. What are the do's and don'ts from pressing an album? Yeah. Uh, Jacob is the visionary or the visual creative person. So from Zenit, it was you starting to doing things instead of us going to our closest friends and asking okay. who's good at design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Zenit was really when we, I would say, when we really formed as a band, knowing what we wanted to do. Uh-huh. And anyone, it was just, I don't think we ever questioned whether we should go to a different label. We just said, we know how to do this. Mm-hmm. We have the luxury of having a distributor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we managed to get through in some channels. Um, so why not keep doing it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, Logic uh, and, and Dung was the first time ever we spoke into other uh, other labels or collaborating. Uh, so it's a completely new thing to us. I mean, if you could pick two labels, I mean, they must they <laughs> have to be on top of everybody's beyond list, I would suppose, that's in this scene yeah. or that's in any form of rock or post music you know what i mean to see yeah, them so awesome people because it's driven by by the passion yeah. uh, and and has built up their brand just mm-hmm. just because of that which i think is awesome because mm-hmm. everyone knows that it's kind of tied to some sign of quality and you know exactly. what you're going to get so for us it's an awesome uh, awesome way to reach a new audience because yeah us not having toured or played live that much. Um, I mean, it, again, it was too good to be true uh, <laughs> to say no to such a deal. <laughs> but there wasn't a hope you could say no to that anyway. But I mean, I suppose you're doing yourselves a little bit of an injustice, like, because I know it's probably hard for a band to promote themselves and, and give themselves self-praise in a way. Like, But I'm not surprised that Pelagic came chasing you. I mean, like those two albums, I mean, three, and, and not even that, I mean, The King of Everything, which was EP that came out initially, like everything is top quality. So to, it was only a matter of time before someone came knocking, you know? Yeah, that's cool um, to hear. Yeah, I yeah, know. And it's, it's, it's the way it is because I don't want to go too far ahead of what I want to ask after, but I think that show you did at Dunk in 2019, I think you must have gained, you definitely gained a thousand new fans at the very, at the very least that evening. Like it was, um, <laughs> it was an emotional, an emotional show. It's something that'll, Stay in my memory for years to come. Like I mean, yourselves yeah. and Silent Will becomes a dream. That that weekend had men crying. Like I mean, it was it was actually funny to see afterwards. I was standing with a few friends, you know, and we were all entranced in the music. Like, and when we finished, we all sort of looked around, and every fellas were, yeah, yeah, let's let's get a beer, let's get a beer, you know, <laughs> let's toughen up a small bit, which is very funny. That's but so it's much- just that music, lads. It's inc- it is incredible stuff. Yeah, and I'm playing at that kind of setting with these amount of people. Yeah, it matters so much. Yeah, uh, and I think when it's just the two of us, we give ourselves a lot of praise because we boost ourselves a lot and we take a lot of pride in what we yeah, do. Exactly. But it's a different thing when you're there in an audience and people tell how much they appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both makes you blush, but also makes you feel really proud. Mm. So it's awesome to hear it. And uh, that was our first and only time at Dunk. That's right. Completely mm. different setting, and, and the people and the passion they have about music there is. Mm far different from what I've seen in, in other places. Yeah, yeah. It, it was also like the moment where we, not the moment, but the most, you know, like formative moment for us as a live band. Uh, and it's, it was the second 
show with the with the other people on stage. And, okay. Okay. So we we did one show in Stockholm maybe two months before. Uh, that was it. And that was it. And then this one. Yeah, we realized that. Wow. Maybe Dunk was not the first place to rehearse it live. Uh, <laughs> but it started very... After there was enough pressure already, Eric, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was almost like a heist movie starting, like, in December when Dunk reached out to us and we said, we've said no so many times because we're working on something different and okay. we're missing live members, etc. And then we just said, let's say yes. And then we see where it goes. And then we started thinking... So do we know who should play guitar? <laughs> Jacob knew a guy. We we met up with him at a lunch place, and it was really like you know almost this job interview. But like, how are we gonna do yeah. this? And how much how much of a window did you have from when Don asked you to, to to come to the to, to play? How how many months did you to work on it? We I think we December had I think rehearsals in December and yeah. then played in March in March I think stressful. Um, no, not really, but for you, <laughs> I think. <laughs> the administrative part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Administrating yeah. Uh, people with children and okay. uh, having these high ambitions. Yeah. Mm. I, think I think the, the was... high ambitions are the, are the most crucial parts because everyone yeah. is dedicated and takes the time it takes to actually do it right. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they are incredible musicians, all of them. And some of them we have worked with for years and years since the beginning, like our bassist, Anders. Yeah. Uh, he's been with us since the first album and we've known him since we were like 13. So. And he also did a live album, actually, didn't he? Was it only last year? That was, or this year was released? Yeah, we did it uh, as a part of the uh, re releases of the Pelagic Records. Uh, yeah. So was that the live... same members? Was it the same members that would have yeah. played that Donk? Yeah. 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 And okay. we hadn't, and that's the cool thing why this was such an awesome. I'm, I'm, I like, I'm very planning and orderly kind of guy. I right. want everything to be correct. So I was kind of uh, uh, channeling all the, you should do this, you should do that. Here's yeah. what to do, here are the tool, the gear, etc. cetera. Um, of course, the trust is one thing, but that's for me, uh, I, I don't leave anything to, to random, so to yeah. say. But when you stand there and we start rehearsing, I still have the first click when we start playing the first track I think we played, which was the Warden, because it was kind of a mm -hmm. simple track to play. And it just sounds fantastic. Yeah. And you never, ever play these songs live. Never, ever. Like from the first drumming, it's like, yeah, this is going to work. This is going to work a lot. It must be an that incredible was, feeling, like, is it? It must be insane. It yeah. was really like yeah. such a high I've never felt before. I really yeah. mean it because you're super proud, not just by the music you're creating, but that these people want to be part of it, uh -huh. that they take this so seriously. And you mm. could see the whole room that everyone was so engaged in making yeah. this but also that awesome balance of being around people that you love a lot uh, so it's yeah we formed a close bond over those two months mm -hmm. doing the impossible like <laughs> let's make this perfect from zero yeah yeah mm -hmm. i mean the, the logistics alone eric in trying to as you say get members together yeah travel get your gear across the stress of everything not to mind having to perform and you know, fucking knock it out of the park, which which you did. Like, I mean, it's it's an absolute credity. It was cool. It was a cool experience. Could could you enjoy the moment for what it was as he played, or did you enjoy it more when you sort of took a step back and said, "We've just played Dunk." I mean, uh, Jacob, what do you think? In, in the moment, I was more, you know, like kind of detached from the yeah. entire experience, which is 
which have been true every time we played actually but you know okay. I, i'm sometimes having a hard time experiencing it as i'm supposing the audience are mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. like an, maybe an actor or something on the stage because you're focusing on other stuff than, than, than the, you know like the yeah. outside experience uh not to say that it's not you know like engaging or mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. or uh, you know it's the best best uh, best thing you can do <laughs> it is of course yeah and i mean yeah. the respect that's given to bands when they play at dunk as well you know there wasn't a, a pin dropped during the intro of the woods people didn't even cough for fear they'd fucking ruin the experience you know <laughs> it, it was it was that silent you know and i mean I suppose, Jacob, you're, you're front and centre with the vocals. Like, and it's, it's a hard thing to do to try and catch all this audience together with your voice. I mean, as you said, you, it's not like you're playing week in, week out and you're as confident as they come when it comes to singing because it's, you know, it, it's, it's a very personal thing to sing the way you sing yeah. on stage, I think. You know, and, I, and that's why I wondered, can you actually enjoy when you play? Because I just think you, you, even watching you that day, you were just... In the, in the zone, you're in the moment. And I always wondered, mm. do you actually get to start to take a breath and look around and say, yes, it, this is happening? Or is it afterwards when you sit back with a beer? And yeah, and the, the complete experience is ah. afterwards. But, but, you know, the experience of singing specifically yeah. is so intense and so ah. personal. And, and it's, you know, you can feel it through your entire body when you're missing, you know, like the... Mm -hmm truthfulness or, or the, yeah. um, sincerity uh, and so it, it takes a lot of like mental work just to stay inside of this you know mm -hmm. you have to channel mm -hmm. out something that actually means something for me yeah and if someone picks it up outside because i actually wrote on, on one of my notes with regards to your vocals which i was going to ask later but look we're, we're on it now Sin the sincerity is the word i have down that that that's in your tone you know it 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 comes naturally. Obviously, were you are you comfortable singing when it comes to this environment? Is it something that you're that you can, uh, that you can rest easy with? Feel more and more and more confident doing okay. time, uh, and specifically since we started playing as a complete band. Um, mm -hmm. Because when you're recording and you are writing, then you sing for like you sing maybe a session, and then there, yeah. there's a year, and then you sing again. Uh, mm -hmm. And then there's five years before you mm. release another record yeah. and you have to get into it again. But as you know, like it, it comes with mm -hmm. more easily all the time. I suppose uh, it's a little different for you, Jacob, in the, in the sense that, you know, a metal band would play and they'll scream, growl, whatever, with the riffs heavy behind them. But yours is very minimal. Your, mm -hmm. your vocals, they stand out on their own. There's a lot of times where you're Literally, just you singing, maybe with with Eric, mm. playing gentle chords behind it. You know, you're you're very, I can't think of the word. Um, you're just left standing there, pretty naked yeah. in front of everyone. You know what I mean? It's mm. that that mm. sort of sense, which is, you know, that's why I find it so amazing how you've actually done it and how you did it at Dunk. You know, this as I said, this I wonder would the silence put you off? The fact it's so quiet and you can hear yourself. No, I think it's the opposite. The silence the opposite. puts you in the in the, the right spot and then yeah. the right. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I think it's more easy for me to sing uh, 
with much less going on musically and stuff okay than it is when there's a lot of stuff going on all right right and just be sure that you can lean back and you know like lower everything mm -hmm. have like this a bit more introvert way of communicating um, instead of as you said like a metal band mm -hmm. screaming uh, that does not come naturally yeah and but i think that was my when we ended with these depths, it ends with this silence where you usually someone makes some kind of noise on the guitar. Mm -hmm. But when we played live, we really didn't. We all of us went back and don't even think that was planned. But that was my reflection a lot because when you're standing there, you can see the audience a lot. Yeah. I'm a face reader, so I try to read. Are they liking this? Yeah. yeah. Liking this? Why are they so silent? <laughs> but that was my biggest takeaway because it was super naked. And yeah. It was totally empty people were just standing there looking very very serious mm -hmm. and up there you don't see the light show it's just white it's like course, you're, you're in someone's living room yeah which was such an odd experience but to me it was a receipt that all right maybe people are very very involved now people <laughs> are really into this so yeah. that ending was probably when it went up to me like yeah oh wow yeah what was this yeah. Because you're kind of waiting for these applause or like now it's the next song and we didn't leave any room for that. No. But that second when you were standing there and I just muted my guitar, yeah, that was a special. I felt something was really in the air there. Uh, there was something in the air. And again, like you said, when that moment when it finished, I don't think anybody knew what to say or do, you know. <laughs> was it a case of scream or just take another few breaths and actually, you know, say man what have we witnessed so yeah look i suppose we could talk all night about that show at dunk you know and um, i want to try and sort of maybe go back a bit back again to recording studios and we we'll just go back to the zenith album that's i was just doing my homework on this and i read somewhere that you describe it as it was a long and immensely important process that album mm -hmm. long in the sense that it was years in the making or yeah. was it was it tiring yes. many years in the making Okay. <laughs> very many distractions right a lot of experimentation yeah uh, a lot of getting stuck on the wrong details uh, i think we learned a lot again we've been doing music a lot before that but that's where we really went into a biggest this was a huge ambition hmm. send it to the center of the album let's start there let's try writing the album from from center yeah, that's okay. a good idea. Okay. I, I, we will never do that again. It was a horrible idea. Now we start. From, <laughs> a new track starts from where the other one leaves off. Okay. It's like, yeah, let's let's continue writing on this track and see where it leads us. That's how we do now. But it was a lot of this experimenting, but we were programming drums. We were trying to yeah. go into technical details. Um, so it was immensely important because in the end, it, we're super proud of it. Mm -hmm. But it was our way of trying to find pieces of our identity. Exactly. exactly. I think mm. we that put us in a stage where when we started working with the rifts, mm -hmm. it just poured. The rifts okay. was the easiest album we've ever written, at least compared, yeah, compared to the other ones. But I think we couldn't have done it. But that's down to the hard work that went into Zenith, I suppose. Yeah. And not just yeah. trying Today, when we when we work, we see very quickly if we're starting to go down the wrong details. If okay. you're sitting there with some detail or 
you listen to it and it just doesn't feel right. We don't mm-hmm. try to tweak it. We just kill it off, kill yeah. the art quickly. In Senate, we try to mold it into something. And yeah, every, every every song on Senate has, you know, like transformed through yeah. seven different okay. iterations that sounded completely different until they learned. Right. Except we're, Lifeline, we're... maybe. Lifeline was the easy one to write. Yeah, but it was, was one of the last ones we wrote. <laughs> but it was also, uh, you know, like important because we, that's where we actually started to cement you know, like the people we work with, yeah. and, uh, our bassist and our drummer and everyone was kind of coming together into friends and co- co-workers that we have uh, since worked with okay. into this day. Um, so so the Zenith album, that's, was the drumming all programmed for that album? No, no, no. no. That's uh, called on Lydian, our drummer. Okay. Also, we also started okay. way, way back. I mean, we worked a lot more with programming electronics many years before that but these yeah. two really didn't they didn't really work now we we do zero programming everything should be recorded everything should be played we don't save presets we just go with the flow mm-hmm. like then we tried to make pre-prods um sound yeah. like we wanted to but then when we started uh, getting Cardanial involved the drama we work with yeah uh, everything changed so we scrapped that we rather brought him in he put something there, and we realized that what we written, nah, let's scrap it, and then we built something new based on his drums. Yeah. And I think Senate was where that was discovered. It was okay. no longer us trying to tell a drummer how to drum, and instead saying, here's our vibe, here's what we're after. You play your instrument, mm. and we'll adapt to that. Interesting. That's yeah, interesting a approach. key thing in, in our songwriting. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. just for drums, but for the other instruments as well. Yeah, yeah. Looking back at those tracks, from Zenith, you're happy with them all? Do they still sit well with you when you listen to it today? Uh, or are you very critical of your earlier work personally? Like, you know, I mean, I still think it's a fantastic album, don't get me wrong, but when you look back, because obviously, as you said, it was a different writing process. Mm. Back then, you had a nucleus of tracks and you were trying to twist and tweak it. No, I really like Zenith. And yeah. we did the 10-year the, uh, anniversary uh, there was also uh, an opportunity to kind of deep down and dive down into it again and mm-hmm. re-experiencing it uh, once again. Okay. And because then I hadn't listened to it for a long time. Um, and I was uh, uh, surprised to find that I that it holds up for me mm-hmm. as well as it does. And then, I, of course, I can see things I would do differently now, but that's always the case. with things. Always going to be the case, yeah. Uh, it's all a part of you know like evolution of, of the music and of us as human beings and growing older and all of this. Um, Maybe it's decisions. That's the thing. You see things where you probably would have made different decisions. Yeah. yeah. But you can't. That was us learning. And exactly. Still, maybe, I mean, I'm very much, or I used to be more into details and criticizing because I really felt that when you did music before, you really couldn't get your ideas through. And that's where I think Zenith in one way was a bit. The ambition was probably different than you could put into reality. Okay. If you started thinking differently with the rifts in the woods, I stopped feeling that. Okay. Because it turned out what it becomes. That's the only thing. You just write music and what comes out is it. Mm-hmm. So the only way if I ever reflect in Zenith in a different way is that we tried so hard to get something 
So it's more that feeling that I sometimes get stuck in. But yeah. you hear scenes like, I think it's the fourth track, The Stand, which I think is something that we probably would write today. Yeah. Because it follows the same thing. It's easy. It's simple. Uh, we wrote it very, very quickly. And that's something that I still feel much more mature than many other things. Yeah. But I mean, it was agreeing with Jacob, um, having called Daniel mix, remixing it or, or tweaking it helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it was mixed by me because of budget. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course. And uh, I'm not, I don't, I don't enjoy mixing albums. So having someone else go in there, redoing yeah. it, rethinking, getting feedback 10 years later on why you made certain decisions. <laughs> well, there's no, there's I, no point doing something you don't like, Eric. I mean, if, if, yeah, yeah, if yeah. Mixing... did you know that you should have, there was a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in the end, when I listened to it, it was like, yeah, shit, this, I hear what I wanted to come through. Yeah. So I think of this course. final tweak we did made a lot for it. But that said, that's more, for us and being proud of making something. I think it turned out to be uh, as good as it could have been. uh, Yeah. In regards to, to where you were at at that time, where we were at and what, because we learned everything there. We learned how to write an album. We learned how to do artwork. We learned how to mix an album. We learned how to Mm. do do Mm -hmm. everything and how to distribute it and all of that. And what we should not do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, an extreme learning curve, Eric. So, yeah, it was a learning curve. Exactly. So, it's also also in in, in life where you, we really haven't booted up the band yet. So, we really didn't know if this was something we just do as another product we're booting up. And we had separate bands on the side. I had two other bands I was running. Jacob, you were working a lot with the film. So, I would say it's different now where the band is. There's nothing else than 100% seriousness in it and full dedication. And we're trying to remove every distraction we have back then. It was still exploration, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was a big exploration. Um, super proud of it. Um, still, when I get a bit nostalgic, you listen to it. And yeah, it, it felt a bit like closure to do the 10-year celebration. I was, celebration. I was just about to say that, Eric. Yeah, I think you did the right thing by giving it its anniversary and giving it, yeah. you know, the redux, as you called it. Yeah. You know, it, it gave it a new lease of life and it just shows the quality of what was there anyway, even irrespective of how poor you think you mixed it. I mean, it shows how, <laughs> how good, how good an album good. it is, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so look, that's 2015 then, look, I, for me, and I think it, it was a big year for me when I when I first met you, I first heard But I think it was a defining album for you as a band, I suppose as a band, and not just a, the two of you, but as a band, I think, isn't it? I mean, this album, you said it was easier to write this album because of what I suppose what you've learned through Zenit. Mm-hmm. But when when I listen to it, I just think there's, there's so much in it. I mean, it, you can play simplicity well, but yet there's so many layers within that sound though at the same time, you know, and I, I, I thought to myself, this album must have been hard work to get right, but you said it was easier. I think Jacob is the main, but if I can add one comment, it had purpose. Mm-hmm. It had a clear purpose. It felt like, I remember when we sat down and started talking because we had a big break due to life. Yeah. And we both felt this itch 
we sat down and had that beer. Jacob took his notes, uh, which is already a starting point, and said, okay. let's make an album. Here are the titles. Here are my thoughts. And from that day, it felt like, for me, it was a clear purpose. We're doing this now, and it's going to turn out to be something very, very important. Mm-hmm. That made it so much easier, because okay. it was not whether the riff was great or the production was great. It was whether it felt great and important. Mm-hmm. And that is so subjective, which for us is... It was never written in form of, will people love this? Should we have something coming up here or not? It was purely what makes us feel this is right. And that's the mindset that changed things a lot for me. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Would you agree with that, Jacob? Yeah. You'd agree with Eric there? Yeah. 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 The, the, you know, like grounding factor in that album was always back to the word sincerity because it's mm-hmm. about telling something in a way that feels absolutely true to us. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and if it does, then it probably feels true to someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily something I felt during CNF because mm. the, the, not because CNF is bad. I like CNF a lot. Uh, and I think it is very sincere also, yeah. but not in the same way. And it it's songs. It doesn't hold the same personal okay. uh, yeah. emotional depths as I can listen to seeing it and understand what I wanted to say. Okay. Uh, okay. But not f- necessarily feel it the same way I do with the riffs. Uh, yeah. While the riffs are, when I listen to the riffs, it definitely feels like you, you, you take a, a place of your mind and mm-hmm. your during that time and put it out in some kind of yeah art form. Uh, like there, there is great emotional depth in in the rifts. I mean, it's as I mentioned at the very outset, it, it's quite a dark album, maybe a bit unsettling for some people, you know. And yeah. um, the vocals have a lot to do with it. Actually, like if I must say, the performance of your vocals, are fucking breathtaking stuff. Like, but you're obviously comfortable playing dark, the darker side of music. It's something that she feed off am i right in saying that it's it's where you're yeah. comfortable it's, it's it's the zone that you find yourselves in writing yeah it kind of comes natural yeah in a way <laughs> not not for the sake of darkness though it's more like if you are serious about things mm-hmm. it kind of becomes serious something yeah yeah, um, yeah. i think and me personally I, I have a hard time writing about maybe about all the happiness and all the positive things because happiness is something that is um good enough in itself mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't have to write art about okay good things i, I just want to enjoy the good things uh, but this is more like an outlet for the things that you want to pour out of yourself and make something beautiful of and take something that is maybe sad or or, or dark mm-hmm. and create something beautiful uh, yeah um in a way that maybe it's taking control of things and okay. putting it in some kind of, I don't know, this is just me. But it's rambling. It's, I mean, you, you pull towards it. Mm. It makes you, I mean, I list, when I listen to music, uh, if I'm in a specific mood, I, I listen to sad music or angry music and yeah. it makes me happy. I haven't thought why it could be an outlet, but 
or it's something you're pulled to. It's comforting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot in our in our writing, when we write an album together, we start with a theme. And it's not like this album is about, but rather different snippets of themes. We don't really write it off between ourselves and say, this album is about this, right? But no. we agree on actually what we're striving towards in okay. an of talking about emotions mm. and then we try to put that into into music yeah and it gives me the same feeling the same comfort or outlet almost like goosebumps yeah when i listen to that music mm. and i yeah but it he- just feels natural and i love that i love that sensation and that comes across in it eric that comes across in your music you know and I mentioned the emotion of it, uh, Jacob, in your vocal is a big part of it. But again, so is the music, you know, so is the riffs, the riffs, the melodies, the drums, everything plays a part in creating that, that emotion, that energy that you have in that sound. So like you mentioned, Eric, there, you love that style of music or you love playing that type of music. And it shows, you know, it shows when you see an album like the riffs when it comes out. That's cool. And it's, it's kind of like when when Jacob and me as obviously work really well together, but we also saw different polarities on some kind of things. I will always pull towards the release. Yeah, I always want like you continue this brooding thing, but then you need to turn on. You change the bass tone or you add that. That gives you like oof, yeah. now something's happened. Jacob holds back and says, "Hang on, <laughs> two more minutes. Let's yeah. stay in this yeah. one." Mm. Me being a control freak generally says no, no, no. It's it's. <laughs> let's just give the release, but let's try this, and then we yeah. go back. To... Eric, Eric always wants the melody, and I always want to take the melody. Away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just want to sort of work on Jacob. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and the thing is, we we never land in average. We've ev- never ever released anything, anything where we feel well. I actually wanted this to happen. Yeah, and it's never been a dialogue. It's just that. When I try this, for example, these depths that I remember well, mm-hmm. um, it starts with this big, on the climax hits, there's a melody that I played like uh, one octave up. Yeah. So it was very high pitched, very melodic and big. And Jacob said, how about if you play it like sub, very, very low? I was like, oh, you're not going to hear it. Yeah. It's just going to be too brooding. And then you try it and it's like, yeah, shit, that was exactly <laughs> what I was after. There you and go. I think so we're using each other. We have this idea of a sensation we want to achieve or yeah. an emotion or even sometimes visual snippets that we talk about. It should sound like this. Yeah. And then we trial until we hit that. And we hit it. It's yeah, it doesn't matter if it's recorded properly or whether there are a lot of super instruments on it. It's the sensation that I think we're looking a lot after. Yeah. The rifts. We, to be honest, we purely almost did that piano. That was, uh, yeah, we wrote almost the entire album piano. And that's interesting because that was a question again I have for after. I mean, the piano for me plays a big part in your music, and I would have watched snippets of you recording the riffs years back. I and mean, is it the piano oh. behind you that you use? No, it's the yeah. same model. Okay, but not exactly the piano that we recorded on is like this, but if it aged. Yeah. Like shit, no one took care of it, and it was full of mold. And 
while this is the same, I, I okay. wanted a piece here, so I bought the same model. But to be honest, when we're recording the next one, I'm pretty certain we'll record on the broken and moldy one because it just sounds. It, it did sound so, it's so beautiful, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's almost disgusting to play at, but it sounds so. Yeah, you have to have like rubber gloves. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you have never taken care of a piano. <laughs> it has its own character. That's the thing. It creates its yeah, own it character. Does. It does, yeah. Yeah, but you have to have like, I, I'm always pushing for, for the textures and, and mm -hmm. yeah. Making beautiful things, uh, broken, yeah. and dirty, like, and all. That piano song that you did have from that piano you used in the riffs, like, and I think it perfectly fits into your style of music because I find a lot of bands don't do something that you do, which is you have a lot of patience when it comes to mm. a track. You know, I find a lot of bands tend to rush through the intro, rush through the, the quieter moments. They don't let it breathe. They don't let the track mm. grow. Mm. I think you've mastered that, that you know how long you need to go. Like there's, there's the other end, of course, where there's 15 minutes of okay, synthesizer and you're wondering when's it going to erupt like. But I think you have a master. And the piano, I think, just gives you so much of a dynamic yeah. with that regard. It is a very important part of your sound, I think, the piano. Yeah, it's cool to hear. Well, I, mm. I agree. And then you also can get these textures that you could talk about. You can listen to just one bass tone playing yeah. for many, for a minute. And yeah. it's going to still sound intense and brooding. You know something's coming. And you don't really have to add much more to make it even more interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that's a lot to you. You and your, let's pull everything back. Strip that's it back. Right. How about yeah. if we skip that melody? <laughs> uh, but And I, I love that. Uh, yeah it's really really important i think we usually land if we if we land in the wrong way nowadays it usually becomes too much okay it becomes too much at once and then we lose what jacob is saying the sincerity i mean yeah. usually things are pretty good but we lose what we think is sincerity but you uh, seem to have a great understanding between you anyway that's don't you musically you know you, i won't say you're very contrasting and watch in your approach but you definitely feed off each other, your ideas, everything. I mean, it's a great combination to have two people who can see another side of the other person's sound, you know? It's, yeah. it's a, yeah. a great thing. Just going back to that piano part, those piano parts again in the rifts. And I was saying how it was nice that you bring everything up nice and slowly and you'd almost hear a pin drop behind the piano, you know? It's, but you actually hear the creaking. Yeah. I don't know, is it of the stool or the floorboards below it? It's the whole piano. It's, every, it's the piano itself. <laughs> but we love that as well. Uh, and I it, think that is fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, I love the chat. Yeah, it gave, it gave the track another bit of character. Exactly, yeah. I really can't understate how broken this piano is. I mean, <laughs> when we're there, I can send you pictures. You can send, see. And send me a picture, exactly. Would you yeah. touch this is the question. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, um, I'm glad we talked about getting rid of it many, many years ago. Uh, okay. happy we didn't because, yeah. yeah, it's not like we set out to write on the piano. It's just that when you're sitting there uh, writing, you have guitars next to you and you have a piano. Mm -hmm. And when you get bored, you start playing on whatever instrument's yeah. closest to you. Yeah. So uh, now I think that's that's an instrument that's still very, very important and we're bringing it with us. Brilliant, sure. brilliant. But I suppose that this is a great opportunity now for me to give everybody a taste of the album that we're talking about, The Rifts. Um, here's a track, Laz, that's taken from it. I think it's the second track on the album. This is Infants.
Have a listen to this and see what you think. that
So there you have it, guys. That is infants from the rifts, and that's a swarm of the sun. Right, lads, I want to move on from the rifts then and bring you on to one of my top 10 albums, probably of all time, I would nearly say at this stage, The Woods. Uh, 2019 came out. Again, we sort of touched on it earlier, lads, but I, what I loved about it is how patient this album is and how stripped back it is at times. Very minimalist. And I suppose what G touched on earlier is that simplicity, there's nothing wrong with it, you know, to keep it simple, simple chords, simple riffs, a simple structure. How did that recording process go after the riffs? You know, because you said the step from Zenith to the riffs. How mm. did we go from the riffs to the woods? Brings me back. Um, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is not the recording itself, but it was mm. we were playing around with the idea of making a, a video to some tracks of the riffs. And Jacob did all of took a photo session. Okay. Uh, in, in the woods um, and out of that came a lot of in, in one of the photo projects came a series of pictures yeah that i think like mentally became the foundation mm. um but it took we were in some kind of hiatus which is natural for us we don't really start off from the beginning i think we yeah. need that kind of break yeah and so it wasn't until again we sat down and said let's make an album you came with three titles you had an a concept and Jacob said it's often like that we have the, <laughs> like the, the foundation and a skeleton yeah before we start writing anything this, okay. this is the title of the album these are the titles so and these are the songs. symbols you even had them and you said yeah, the symbols on the on the that's right cover. Yeah. and and then that sets kind of a framing Jacob said it should be three yeah yeah. The symbols, yeah yeah it should be three three songs only so let's make them long. Yes. That's a good idea. Um, <laughs> and that, then I think we didn't, I don't know, we didn't, I was in the middle of a move and some stuff in life. So we really didn't get started like that. Mm -hmm. I think somewhere I had to digest mentally also, because we didn't have such a clear concept that I think we had with the rifts. Okay. So it wasn't until, at least from my end, that I started landing in what kind of emotion I wanted to build. Mm. Uh, I sat down, we had dinner, many beers, <laughs> and I told you like, in the midst of my change in life back then, what I wanted for me, the album to be reflecting, mm -hmm. and the different emotions that I wanted each, each songs to go through. Okay. Similar to what you did for the rifts. But then we just started building on that. It didn't stay on like a, like a theme or or even in the lyrics that totally separate but that okay. allowed me to feel calibrated in a way to mm. start mm. and then it was kind of like when we started writing the rift we sat down and we started playing yeah uh, there's piano in the beginning which i remember was a decision we said let's pick up where the rifts ended uh we wrote the piano um and then yeah we i don't think we there was any more magic than that. We just sat down and wrote every single piece. Um, but again, from start to end, mm. that was the key thing. And yeah. we didn't want the songs to change too much. Okay. So it didn't become like six tracks hidden uh, in the form of three. And yeah. that allowed us more time to have breathing 
waiting room and had patience and so things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in retrospect, I felt it was an easy album to write, but I know we had some hiccups where we got stuck again balancing if it was too much or not. Blackout, yeah. for example, was way more intense in the middle section. It really started building up soon. Um until I think again, you said, how about if it, nothing happens for a while? <laughs> and, <laughs> and then still we had that kind of continuous discussions on how we wanted it to feel that we used to calibrate. Yeah. Does yeah. it feel like this? Does this reflect what we wanted with the song? Mm-hmm. It's focused very much on, on um, writing it as a continuous flow from the beginning to the end. Okay. And, and I mean like the middle of the album. You know, you, you could have taken everything and smushed it together to a five minute mm. track. It uh, would probably be a horrible track, but yeah, no, <laughs> it, no. it kind of follows the, the same progression and the same kind of arrangement as uh, one track does, but mm-hmm. spread over three. But still, every one should also have that internally. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I get you. Uh, there's a lot of thought put into to uh, how we achieve some kind of dramatic structure and mm-hmm. emotional structure and still keep it as three separate pieces. Um, yeah. The tricky thing that we talked about from the beginning was that we wanted this to be on vinyl, of course. Uh, and that's where the complexity came. One of the rules sets that the woods needed to work both yes. on a vinyl and as a wholesome piece. Uh, and that was something we knew from the start. So that's where you kind of, I personally like those kind of rules that you need. It's like way back when you know that in terms of how you how you print the vinyls, mm-hmm. manufacture them, you, you couldn't have, you couldn't end an album with a hard song. I mean, with a heavy song, you need to end with something mellow. So the compression and the needle started, didn't start jumping. I like those kind of rule sets. Mm-hmm. We didn't think around much around that, but getting the woods to work I, in retrospect, I don't think it was that hard, but I remember us when we started laying out the curve, like, how the hell is this going to work? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, with that said, it, it's better as a whole piece, but it works on the vinyl. Well, I suppose there you go. I mean, the, the idea, vinyl was secondary, I suppose, to the initial concept anyway, like, you know, but as yeah. you said, you wanted to get on the vinyl. It does, is it, it finishes halfway through the second track, am I right? So you have to flip it over yeah. to side B, yeah. Yeah. Trying to find that moment so to turn it over. Is it were you down to timing of the actual vinyl itself, or was it a decision we could make? I wanted to to stop it. We have to have it in mind as we are writing the songs. Because yeah. every every side of an album of a vinyl is twenty minutes max. Okay. If you're pushing it. So you should <laughs> depending prob- on who you ask, but yeah. Probably <laughs> yeah. keep it around you know, like seventeen or something. Yeah, uh, and then you have to yeah. abide by that because if yeah. you and and that's a good thing, um, that's a framework that you can yeah get for writing. Uh, so every side on an album mm-hmm. or vinyl becomes like this uh, this act, okay, uh, like a theater act or something that has a natural beginning and an end. And then you can switch moods if you want for the second part. And, mm-hmm. uh, think about the second act as something separate from the first. Uh, which is something we are doing very much now when we're writing new music. But, yeah. Um, but I think otherwise for the woods that I think speaks for that album was that while the riffs we did pre-productions because that's the tricky thing for us as a band as I, 
I envy bands that can stand in a rehearsal room. They try out their ideas, they try the bass, they try the guitar, yeah. they see if it works. Usually what we do is we start with something, we add something mm -hmm. new, we add drums, we realize that everything else sucks except the drums, we keep the drums, <laughs> we add the next things. So it doesn't become an efficient pro. If we got a hourly pay, <laughs> we wouldn't have any food on the table. But we would have so much food on the table because there's a lot of hours. Okay. We know what you meant, Eric. We know what you meant. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but uh, while we usually on, on the riffs, we re recorded stuff. Uh, we did like a POC and then we re recorded it, etc. While the woods, we decided why are we doing that? It's such a waste. So what you're hearing, for example, in Blackout. Yeah. The long, long um, guitar they're playing by itself with a church organ. Mm. That's like our first take. It's when we wrote the song. We took the guitar. It's also very moldy and very broken because it's in that it's in that setting. It's not even my guitar. <laughs> it's next to the piano. Well, I'm just, I'm just wondering. Yeah, have you got that? This is the house. Have you a problem? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so we just picked it down. It sounds like eh, we put the mic up there. Usually, I'm quite picky with this, but I mean, it was just uh, we were just trying it out. So why yeah. care? But then when we try to re-record, it's like, why are we doing this? It actually works. Hmm. So a lot of stuff you're hearing on uh, the woods is actually stuff from when we wrote the album instead of re-recording it yeah. because it had the right feeling. So we cared less about quality and more about how it sounded. I love that. I love that thought process. The fact yeah. that if it sounds right, it's right. I mean, there's no point polishing and over polishing something or trying yeah. to trying to change what was the original thought. And as I mentioned before, the nucleus of it. Don't overthink it, overanalyze mm. it. If it works, it works. The three three thirteen minute tracks though. Mm. That concept alone, how did you come up with that? Uh, yeah, because I know you came to Eric with it, didn't you? Yeah, it's what was the reason behind it? Um, the reason being to uh, force ourselves into another way of writing, I guess, okay, uh, allowing things to take time mm -hmm. uh, and keeping it more concentrated as a as a concept you know? okay um not being stuck in uh, more standard rock ways of writing mm -hmm. music mm -hmm. and treating it more more like, like larger pieces of yeah. music and freeing ourselves from old ways of thinking and doing stuff okay uh and me personally i always loved albums with um long tracks on mm -hmm. which, <laughs> uh, which I do as well actually yeah yeah if they are good and mm -hmm. if they can keep it up but um I rarely listen to music that no no that's not true I listen to a lot of music with short tracks also <laughs> uh, you're just not a big fan of radio friendly music Jacob no three <laughs> minutes three minutes three minutes <laughs> Sometimes though, but not 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 that much. <laughs> is that what is that um, what we're going to get from the new album? Maybe a, a, a three minute a three minute radio friendly hit from a yeah, swarm yeah, of the sun. Yeah, all, all the radio bangers all over. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think yeah, that's usually uh you you have a problem in the very best of ways of repeating yourself. Yeah, if it's been done, it's been done. Mm -hmm. uh, I like that a lot. 
but I of course like comfort zones. So mm. for me, it's usually I go to the comfortable areas and you say, well, we've already done that. Let's not do that. Mm. Yeah. So we probably will come to the new album later, but yeah. it comes with even more of these mm. rule sets um, that we're setting up for ourselves. And it's not to make our life difficult. I, I, but it does it make is, our lives difficult. Yeah, in some <laughs> cases. But it forces us out of repeating the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And my fears usually is what if we lose the essence that you're describing for us? And I, it's awesome to hear it, like okay. the essence you found. And I get worried that what if we're losing it? What if we okay. lose our identity? But once you start exploring it, you realize that yeah, I don't think whatever band we would write music together as, I doubt we would lose it because yeah. that's we've found that then dynamic. The dynamic is there exactly. And comparing a bit to like another thing compared to seeing it, but I think maybe we've been bashing a bit too much. Uh, it was an exploratory thing, but mm. back then we, at least I, we compared to other bands that we listened to. We were so influenced trying to find our yeah. We like that album, we like that album. When I mixed it, I A and B mixed versus other awesome bands to see if it sounded right. Since the rifts, never, mm. never. We've mm. never, if we throw around references, it's more to capture, you know, that's how a violin can sound, like on yeah. that album. Yeah. But it's more as to use it as an internal dictionary mm. than comparing our music to it. And that's mm. what I think you're doing every time is pushing her away more mm. and more into our own creative creative dimension so to say i suppose the whole post scene lends itself to allow you to do that more so than any other music genre i think yeah you know when you when you think of post bands uh whether it be post rock metal or whatever subgenre that has come from it you can have tracks three minutes and you can have tracks 23 minutes yeah. you know it's all about the feeling of the music Again, as I, I'm going to use the same word again, leaving it breathe, letting the track breathe, mm. letting mm. it grow and, and, and growing it and the listener to grow into the track. Mm. And, you know, you've mastered it as far as I'm concerned with the 13 minute mark. I think that is on the money, you know, um, it gives it plenty of time for a track to build, plenty of time to hit the, that big crescendo. It's not just 30 seconds of heavy riffs it carries itself forward, you know, and you can get lost. You get lost in it. Mm. Was was that sort of in your mind as well, Jacob, at the time when you were sort of planning those 30-minute tracks? Yeah, like, I'm, did, I'm always looking for music to get lost in. Yeah. I think that's a good explanation of kind of the feeling I want mm. to convey. I, I, I want music that feels like a landscape that you yeah. can explore. Uh, and um but there's also uh, a matter of you know picking the instruments we use and we used uh, a lot of pipe organ on the woods yeah. and we knew we were going to do that um and the pipe organ pretty much forces you to be slow <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is a huge instrument and you and you can't right <laughs> i guess you can but uh, we can't write the three-minute tracks. Yeah. yeah. You have to let it breathe. You have to let it take room for a mm -hmm. long time. Um, and uh, so it's... And there's many things coming together to, to form an album. But the initial concept, at yeah. least, for was... Uh, I, I worked a lot in film and uh, visual mediums. And okay. 
uh, and always have this trying to put together some kind of arc to 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 something right be, you know like a, a track or an album or okay uh and uh, a three uh act structure is uh, is a very good way to to think about something okay the beginning and an end and something in the middle um so that was part of it too uh, well that that makes a lot more sense to me now having heard that yeah the reasons behind these three tracks yeah interesting yeah. and we also thought it was going to go be faster for us to write three tracks than <laughs> and it was. <laughs> yeah. It was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I think it's way simpler yeah. than riffs in how it's written. And that was intentional because uh -huh. we, I mean, we don't do a lot of fancy technical stuff. Aside from our drummer, I would say he's, he's amazing. He's the, yeah, he's just incredible. Yeah. Um, the guitars, they add what's needed. The bass add what's needed. The song is all about that that breath, that that that's yeah stillness and finding the place in it, you know. Uh, but otherwise, it's a lot about finding these these. We rather play a lot with melodies mm. that build up, replace each other. We add small small puzzle pieces that usually come together, and that's where you want not this big horn or something happening, yeah. but rather you feel. Ah, suddenly it's in place, and that's something rather we play a lot with. Mm. Arrange we, I think we work much more with arranging music than writing something technical. Mm. Uh, I personally feel less less. I listen a lot to music that plays riffs. Yeah, it's not my style. I'm not technical. Okay. Plus, I never translate stuff into that. So it's much more. As we do with piano, as we do with the church organ, I think the guitars are going much more towards that either uh, as well. It's adding these kind of simple feelings, yeah. creating a feeling out of something very, very, very small. Yeah, uh, It's something rather that we use a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think the woods definitely does that. Um, I think the rift is probably more technical in that sense. And I think the woods started to take a much simpler path. But for all good reasons. Exactly, all good reasons. Personal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It doesn't lose any of the atmosphere. It doesn't lose anything that would have been in, in the riffs. Granted, simpler in format, but mm. the energy is still there when the heavier parts come in. The intensity is always there. The atmosphere, you know, is is amazing altogether. So, like that album, lads. Where do you go from that? You know, being I mean, because to me, if someone has asked me define a swarm of the sun's sound, I would just say, listen to the, listen to the woods, listen to the tree tracks and don't get off the chair until you're finished. That's, that's the band. So where, where do you go next? That's what's in place for the new album. I know you are together writing at the moment. Am I right? Yeah, we are writing. Uh... Can you shed any light on what's, what's going to come up from it? Uh, it's going to be an album. Uh, and it's going <laughs> to, to be uh, much longer than the woods. Okay. Um, uh, and it kind of like yeah, the woods picked up where the rifts left off and then yeah. turns into something else. Uh, this does that also. Okay. From the woods and I, I'd say it's a natural progression from it. Uh, but, and 
probably more focused on after uh, forming a live band and playing live, having a much more looser sense mm-hmm. of, of structure and of song, how you play. Uh, okay. But well, we started it's hard to talk about something you write in right now. Well, obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what you just touched on we... here, maybe the live environment gave you another dimension, didn't it? I mean, what you've experienced in those two shows probably yeah. will carry forward maybe into this album. I mean, we learned a lot by recording this live album. That was also such a cool because we we hadn't when we did the live album it was more about this is a good idea. Let's do it. Let's mm-hmm. let's build even more on the Plavik releases. Uh, and it was also during the pandemic, so we had all good reasons to meet each other. Yeah. And we hadn't played live for one or two years. We played in Norway two years before, or one year before. Okay. Uh, one or two years. It was the same years. As the, uh, so, yeah, then was two years. Yeah. So, um, we met the day before. We rehearsed, and I mean, the nerves were big. Yeah. And then we just stood in the studio. It took. <laughs> 18 hours to rig everything and then we had three hours to record everything so we did two takes of everything and it sounded awesome and it was so cool to see me who's very much into studio recording yeah. everything but on right um seeing that all right recording something live with that feeling turned out so well when you yeah. go away from clicks or when you talk yeah, yeah. You don't even tune your guitar perfectly because it's hard to do it with all the time. So it just turned out wonderful. And I think we added, we actually started the the, the album we worked on right after the woods. We usually do this. We start like two months after and say, let's start the new one. Hmm. But it became more like we continued the woods. I mean, we actually almost replicated what we already had done. Then came the pandemic, of course, the hiatus with the, me and Jacob live on different ends uh, of the city. Okay. We work from home. Um, it became a natural break. So we didn't, we had quite a long break from actually being productive at all. I tried some attempts of writing things at home, still have those ideas and they're in the bin, thankfully, <laughs> because it just turned out maybe a bit, I would say closer to what we did with Zenit. It was like no identity mm-hmm. because it, we had, we had lost this yeah. for me. I need to write with the people. I have yeah. a lot of ideas, but I need someone to digest them and transform them into what I'm actually after. Mm. So it's been a long time since I kind of landed in, it's not worth it. Let's just put it on hold until the pandemic settles. So, it's okay. a better spot. so recording this live kind of became a fresh of air to keeping the band alive. That's gave a lot of energy. So I think it was once we have started that, we started meeting again, me and Jacob, and the pandemic were in a better situation. And we sat down on a clean slate. And I felt during that time, a lot of stuff had happened in the world, a lot of stuff that happened mm-hmm. in our lives. So we could start actually yeah. talking around, again, this emotion. How do we want it to sound? Mm-hmm. Jacob, as you usually do, show me pictures. <laughs> you yeah. show me scenes from clips from films or whatever. It says, it's, it's not like, yeah, I want it to sound like this. And that's something that works very well for me because... So you can work I, off something visually like that, Eric, so you can feel that. And it's usually that. something really sh- sh- dark shit, Jacob. <laughs> it's really, really dark shit. Uh, and you can't write something 
that has like a big crescendo or you, uh-huh. you need to start off small and yeah. it needs to be sincere. And I remember that night even when we, when we were here and you showed me some things and we started writing, we felt like, ah, hang on. Now something's happening. Mm. And that's kind of where I felt. I know I, I'm a believer in faith in some ways. I think we needed that break to not go in the wrong direction. Mm. but rather reflect a bit and say, how do we take this further? Mm. And I think that's what we've done now. Mm. So if I describe what we are doing now, we'll say, yeah, we're doing something way more ambitious than before. We're doing something that requires a lot more patience than before. Okay. We are, we have set up other rule sets that will force us to not repeat the same albums. Yeah. And we've now written, I would say, 80% 80% of the album of a very long one. And during the start of it, I still always question, are we on the right track? But we're now at the level when we listen to it and we're like, same sensation with the rifts. It's not whether people will like it or not. I just feel super proud of it. And, yeah. and it feels like something that I know will, will, will reflect everything we strive towards. And hopefully that echoes with other people as well. But yeah, and that's a luxury. But this is like the best time of it. We have one more track that we're gonna write to finish it off, and then we have all the yeah. We just need to record it for Fantastic. you. <laughs> Fantastic! Cannot wait for this album, Les. Can you give me uh, any bit of a time frame and when we expect to see it? Obviously, it's gonna be released through Pelagic. Am I right? We'll we'll see. Uh, okay. I mean, yeah, that that's uh, Robin. If you're looking at this. Give us a call. Please um, do, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, that's not... Obviously, it will be released somewhere where people can reach it. I mean, we're going to make sure that it... I think we have so much more of a, a base to, to go yeah. on now in terms of finding the best possible way. But it will be awesome to release it on vinyl and, and making it something as good as, I know, Pelagic does. Mm-hmm. But time frame... Um, I know right now we have a lot of people are in the bands are a lot up in there. They have life puzzles. So, which also has been impacting the sound a bit. Our usually inventory that we go to for the easy solutions has not been there, which has forced us also to say, okay, shit, we can't have drums now on this track. Should we program drums? Uh, we learned that already. It's, yeah, whoa. it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> we can come far with Jacob playing some drums to get the kind of right sensation. Uh, or we simply say, let's skip drums then. Um, that has been good create, from a creative perspective, but it's also mm. been dragging things out. There's so much more coordination to get things done. But I expect us to be have written the album in two months. Uh, we have some need to get the drums recorded, which we are planning to do in a new setting this time to okay. get something completely different. I think that's going to happen this autumn. Um, then we just need to record everything. So I hope to be done somewhere in a couple of months i hope to be done with the album but then hmm. we have the rest of it right so yeah. a release this year is not going to happen but a release next year yes okay okay i'll have to wait i became a project okay. manager there for a while right <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but actually looking back on those three years then you know this i you know i try not to talk about covid and the whole pandemic time but no. it obviously does have an effect on everybody and it's personally and, and people's mindset changes it had an effect on this album, I'm, I'm taking it, did it? Because you, as you said there, Eric, you had some ideas pre-COVID 
And did you say that you just literally cast them aside and started afresh again? Yeah, I mean, I think it was rather the comfortable setting that we're used to working in was yeah. sh shook a bit. Yeah. So we couldn't, we tried to produce something. I mean, we built up this bond over the years. Hmm. We know how to work. We know yeah. how to bounce ideas. Yeah. But, and, and that was broken, but we still try to get the same result. And I think still that was for the good. Okay. Because if we had continued, I think we'd done something well, but listening back to what we did, what we started off versus where we are now, I think we have lost the sincerity. But yeah. that's because we we wanted to write music, but we hadn't set the idea. We didn't yeah. know what... We didn't know when it was good. So we were listening yeah. more to, is this a good song, rather than, does it feel right? Mm -hmm. And that... Mm. Uh, so the I think yeah, and, we and, needed that break. And the album, at least for me, the album I wanted to write before the pandemic. Yeah. Did it work after the pandemic? Yeah. I was in okay. a completely different set of mind. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Thoughts, uh, it, it just felt like uh, unsincere and you know mm. banal and stupid uh, and. So, so uh, thematically, this album is also much more uh, connected to the outside world. Interesting, yeah. Uh, but also to the inside world. Also, it's not you know like pandemic is bad. Yeah. Fuck fascism. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, the world is shit. It's that's not the album, but uh, some of that is part of it. But okay. Yeah, uh, you know. We just have to wait and see. So we just have I to mean, wait I and think, see. And a, a yeah. key thing in our in our music is that it needs to feel that it has that purpose, but we need to have that itch. And it's usually both of us having it. If one only has it, it never really starts off. Okay. But when we both have that itch and you kind of feel like, what am I doing with my life? Even though things are good, it feels like something's missing. Yeah. Every album has started like that when we feel there, but then we also need to have that theme someone there's a spark of an idea and it's mm -hmm. always come from you jacob in terms of something visual something emotive that we build on yeah but always and, in combination with some kind of initial musical yeah. cue and some some what it may be piano okay yeah. something some that together with some initial sound it's not all visual and, and okay. it, everything is rooted in, in music yeah um, so I think the past year, once that kind of hit us, things have moved fast. We went yeah. from why isn't there anything happening to, oh shit, we have another song we need drums on. How are we going to get that together? Okay, okay, cool. We'll fix it. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that feeling. And I usually leave in, please don't let me die before this album is done. That's always <laughs> where I last. I just <laughs> need to get this done because it's like this ocd almost yeah like, it's, it's... you cannot let this go and no. uh, and you know that feeling when you're you, you can, at that point of time you kind of stop listening to music you only listen to your own music <laughs> uh, you, you live and breathe this when you're standing in the shower you come up with that melody you have your phone filled with humming that makes no sense <laughs> or like <laughs> notes and stuff and mm. i it stresses me that I really stressed out about it because it lives like I need to be done now. But at yeah. the same time, it's the best feeling in the world. Mm. But but you just can't help yourself, Eric, looking forward, looking ahead to the finished product, yeah. I suppose. It must be one of those things. 
Yeah, and it's, it's, it's all it's all there in your head. It's just getting it all done and out. Yeah. yeah. And that's the best feeling ever. Yeah. Uh, that, that's if I would pick one thing in life that really feels like it matters, it's, it's that. And mm. it's so awesome then to put that into album. And yeah, you never had an ambition that people would enjoy our album. It's always fun. But it's not like we've gone into this to be standing on the stage having people applauding. But And then when you get people saying that this helped me through a tough patch in Absolutely. life, it's like, oh, shit. That's because a lot of music has done that for us. Yeah. That's the best feeling in the world. It must be. I mean, that, but that's what music does. And music soothes the soul. Like music does so much for us, like as, as humans, you know what I mean? We, we, we yeah. feed off music. Like, and like you said, it must be amazing to have people tell you, like I've, I've no doubt they do, like tell you what it has meant to them. I mean, I, I could sit here for hours telling you what each album or what each track has done for me. Like, but, you know, I'm not the only one. Obviously this music resonates with so many people. So, um, yeah, I just can't wait to hear what's coming out, lads. What's next? Cool. Next year, unfortunately, we have to wait. But look, we will wait. <laughs> Can I just ask quickly? I, I want to take up too much of your time, lads. Playing live, will we be seeing you playing live again at any stage? Is it? Has it even been thought of because you're so caught up in studio? Yeah, we talk about it all the time. Oh, yeah, good. I'm dying to get out. Yeah. Um, we had some shows planned for this spring. Yeah. Sadly, those didn't happen uh, for, for, for many reasons. So we even had a rehearsal booked for that show, but we did it oh. either way. And it was uh, like mm -hmm. uh, getting everyone together and uh, seeing that we still can play. So we would probably play some shows before the album's done. <laughs> but yes. if we have to choose where to put our time, if yeah. they are competing, we are putting it into writing the new album. Yeah. Um, but everyone is everyone wants to do it wants to, yeah very 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 uh you know everyone wants to do it but but it's also hard to to find the correct venues play the right places you have to do mm -hmm. it right mm -hmm. it's like with music if it does, if it isn't if it doesn't feel exactly right yeah we wouldn't do it so the correct stages and it's great to hear that the hunger is there anyway that's the main thing isn't it the, yeah, hunger, yeah, yeah. the hunger to get out there again is is there Mm. fantastic lads I want to wrap up with the three session questions I would have thrown your way a couple of weeks ago did you have a look at them yeah <laughs> good. <laughs> good 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 well first question lads what musician or band would you like to hear do their own interpretation of a swarm of the sun track uh, yeah we were talking about this right before uh, and we, we are both I think I'm talking for you now. But yeah. <laughs> Actually, you, you can answer separately if you want. Yeah, by the way. yeah it could be but, two but different answers. I would, uh, as you said, and it was also my feeling that it would be amazing if someone uh, completely different did something uh, yeah. from a completely different genre or mm -hmm. musical background or someone unexpected. Um, something and, minimalistic, I would appreciate to see if you can go from mm, the grandiose moments we have. And okay. Not, yeah, and I I've been listening a lot to I, I am listening a lot to electronic music and you know like um, very experimental stuff. But yeah, there are certainly bands and artists there that could. Uh, for you, you mentioned Murkoff, for example, that would be cool. And um, of course, one of my all-time favorite artists of any kind. 
uh, is uh, Nick Cave. And Nick Cave would be amazing. Super amazing, of course. And it would never happen. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> never say never. No, that's true. Never say never, man. I, I, I listen to Nick Cave the kind of the same way that uh, our parents listen to like Bob Dylan. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd be I'd be a very big Nick Cave fan myself. Yeah, and yeah. I still I still love his stuff. He's he's still releasing quality music, like you know. Oh yes, better music. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. yeah. Ever since Ghosting and Forward is he's on the top of his game. I think he's he's an incredible, incredible man. He's an artist and a half, yeah. yeah. What about yourself, Eric? Are you sort of on board with those answers? No, yeah, I would say that as well. I would like something different and I would like it's not songs like that where you want the same setting of instruments just by playing different people. I would like something completely different. I, I on the other end is uh, Nick Cave, 100%. Nick Cave, and I'm probably more of a Warren Ellis person when you talk about okay. what he adds to the music because Nick Cave adds the doom and gloom. Warren Ellis <laughs> yeah, is the yeah. one that adds that touch that, that makes it to me even more emotional. Okay. But, uh, but I would probably, something like uh, Bradford or, or Murkoff, something very. Yeah, Labradford. Something that takes it completely, completely different and goes yeah. where maybe in your head, if I wasn't here, you would push it all the way down <laughs> the dark to see yeah. what would happen. Hmm. Uh, I would love that. You know, I, just as we're speaking about it here, I'd love to hear somebody like maybe like A.A. Williams, a female vocalist, do mm. something. Yeah. I think it would be fantastic. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. If I see her at Dunk, I might actually mention it to her, see if she, see if she'll <laughs> oblige. Please uh, do. I will, of course. Next question is What movie or what series would you like to hear one of your tracks appear on? Are you a movie you buff? Said, you start this, I start this one. And this is the, this is the boring answer, but <laughs> for as we talked a lot, that would build things to pictures that would build up snippets. I, I find it hard to say, yeah, I would like that scene in that movie to have one of the sound music because. Yeah. So I would like to build to something new. That that's it would be something that's I would I would rather like to write music to the scene I see okay. rather than saying here's a scene, here's our music. Hopefully they match because that is how my head works when I write music. Mm, okay. And I would, I've seen people on YouTube putting like swan sound music to to some scenes from like video games and so and that's, that's right. super cool. Some of it is. Is spot on and it's also it's awesome that people are creative with it uh -huh. but if it's going to have that full sincerity i would rather like to again it will never happen but someone coming to me and saying i have an idea this is actually how it's going to play out in this scene that happens this is what i'm after how would that sound oh yeah yeah that would be like the dream to write to that because okay. it's how we write yeah would be so cool and i would love playing around with what we do there being the contrast to it mm -hmm. I mean, having something that is kind of happy but adding something brooding to it <laughs> contrast is something a little sinister happening within it yeah i get you contrast yeah. is the best uh, yeah. you can work with so that would be my <laughs> cop out answer <laughs> i don't think it's a cop out answer it's uh, <laughs> i i would love to score something yeah uh actually i might have to reword that question really and maybe do it in the way that you've answered it but go on <laughs> yeah yeah but, and uh, all, i i also enjoy very much going to uh dance performances like uh, contemporary ballet and stuff like that okay 
so cool maybe doing something for uh, the live stage or uh, theater or like that. Uh, but of course there's a lot of uh, filmmakers that are so good uh, some of my favorites are uh, Lynn Ramsey uh, uh, Andrea Arnold also both Scottish I think okay uh, and also some of those you know more like art house horror movie directors like uh, yeah Ori Aster or Jennifer Kent or something like that. Uh, but you know Pretty much anyone who has a um, an idea for something and a vision for something that connects with the way mm-hmm. we think about music and where the where we can bring something <laughs> new. I, you know, I think this question is suited to you actually because it just shows how you write your music and how you see music. I'd have to actually reword this question just how you answer it. <laughs> That's the new one. Um, final but, question. But maybe maybe. Uh, some Stanley Kubrick movie from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure whether you actually had answered it. There was so many yeah. name drops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stanley Kubrick, brilliant. <laughs> what band, lads, or musicians do you regret not seeing live? We didn't plan. We said we'd leave this. And the second I thought about it, like 10 seconds ago, I realized, Low. I never saw Low live. And I okay. so regret it. I got sick. So I missed the last show yeah. we were in Stockholm mm. and yeah, now it's too late yeah. and it's one of those bands I will never get tired of. There's, I, I, yeah, never, ever mm. most yeah. wonderful voice in music. Even yeah. I would, um, so yeah, I really regret it. Yeah. Lowest okay. low. Uh, that's actually a good answer to your first question here about uh, other bands. Oh yes. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> uh, I, I've seen low, so I can't, uh, I can't pick up. Um, maybe uh, Pink Floyd in the seventies then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty young, Jacob. We're just, <laughs> but once we can say we're too young for something, yeah, it's great to yeah, say. Yeah, but it? I guess you know, probably music that I was before my time. Yeah, I'm the same. I did see Roger Waters do the Dark Side of the Moon album in full. All right, um, maybe yeah, me too. T- ten years, which was incredible. Yeah, uh, I also saw him do the Wall. Uh, On the Wall, actually, I missed that. No, I didn't see that. Yeah. And I saw him do his own tour. The, what I don't remember the name of it. All right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Thanks for those, those answers. They're very interesting answers. And uh, as I said, they make me rethink my questioning and I have to look into a different <laughs> Eric, Jacob, I know a bit more I can say to you guys. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me because I suppose I could go on all evening, as I said earlier, talking about how big a fan I am of your music. And what you've achieved in those three, four albums that you've done, it's something really special. And even during this conversation, I just noticed the dynamic between the two of you, how you play off each other as as friends. You can see it as friends, but also as as musicians and, and writers. It's it's incredible. I can see I can see where it's all coming from now. You know, it all makes sense to me. And um, <laughs> so lads, really thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate that. Thanks, thanks a lot. It's been uh, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. yeah. Great stuff. And, yeah, I'm uh, blushing. This is uh, yeah, talking about ourselves for one hour and twenty minutes. That, <laughs> that, we do that a lot off cam, but uh, <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's well, been super fun to explore out loud why we do stuff. Uh, yeah. 
And look, yeah. it's, it's been fun for me because I mean, the, the joy of doing the Smashing Skull sessions here is because I, I get to speak to bands yeah. that have influenced me over the last 10, 20 years, bands that have made a big impact on me musically, you know, and it's just, I've just been so lucky that I've been in this position to speak and talk to the band. So I just hope that everybody else listens in and takes something out of this because, lads, you were unbelievably interesting and I can't wait to hear the album next year. So that's and it, guys. You, we're, we're on a high now. But we're going to sit down. After this, we're going to start the first notes on the last track of the album. Oh, brilliant. So this is our boot up. This is our, <laughs> our we're booting up. So let's make something dark now. <laughs> it, has to, it has to be, Eric. It has to be. So look, there, thanks again, guys. There you have it, everybody. That is A Swarm of the Sun. That is Eric and Jacob. If you haven't heard of this band yet, go check out their Bandcamp page. Right way back through their EP, their Zenith. There's the Rips, there's the Woods, and please God, we'll have something new in 2024. Yeah, there you go. So guys, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you all in a couple of weeks' time. Take care, bye-bye.